Today, we are giving out our grades on the Chargers 2023 draft class, including Quentin Johnston, who has the potential to be an A-plus pick. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast. David, what do we got today? On today's show, we are giving out our draft grades for all seven of the Chargers 2023 draft picks. And we're also going to talk about a couple of picks that maybe we would have made instead of the ones that the Chargers ended up taking. In another timeline, there could have been different choices made. But <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. David, who doesn't love draft grades, right? At, you know, they have potential to be dumb sometimes, but we are going to have fun with it today. And I think there's a good reason for all the grades we're giving out and some other alternatives that the Chargers could have went with instead, including Quentin Johnston, who may have been the hardest person to grade for me. Because it feels like if it works out, this is an A-plus pick for a lot of different reasons. David, where did you end up going with the first round pick, pick 21, Quentin Johnston? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the pick and you look at the fit, and, and I think that's one of the things is what were the Chargers missing? What were the elements of that wide receiver room that they were missing? And one of those elements was a guy who was able to create with the ball in his hands, with that yards after catch ability. And Quentin Johnston brings that to the table immediately so yeah. and i think you look at the the size the speed that he has and man you could really see some possibilities about what he can be but there is some volatility to his game as well and and i think when i was looking at at this pick i can see it and and i can also see what some development could do to his game and so i think that's why ultimately i gave this a grade of a b minus Oh, a B minus. That's older B than minus. I thought you would got. I mean, I know it wasn't either of our first picks, right? And I'm not going to pretend that it was. And it does right. feel like it could be a volatile pick. Mm-hmm. Feels like I said, like if it works out, it's an A plus pick. Yeah, but that's if it works out, and that's right. impossible to know at this point. So, what are you looking for? You're looking for those traits. And I think the thing for me is that he probably fell because of the testing numbers. Running a four four nine, running a four five zero. Yeah, thinking he would have been a little bit faster than that because. Sure. He's been tracked at G- on GPS over 21 miles per hour, right? Which is top, good top end speed. And he yeah. ran away from some pretty good defenses as well. And he's pretty explosive too. Yeah. And I think the yards after the catch, that is his best thing he has going for him no going doubt. in. Will the deep speed translate to the next level? I think it will. I think it's a little bit more build up speed as far as yeah, him actually getting to that top speed. I think, you know, he does have good explosion out of his breaks and after he catches the ball. But like, yeah. I do think he can be a deep threat in the NFL. And I see it. I ended up giving it a B plus because I, okay. it's grown on me for sure. Yeah. I see where it fits in immediately as far as what he brings to this current wide receiver room. And I yeah. also just think, David, 
This is insurance for Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. There's one thing we can argue. The Chargers were a different team when they were missing one of those two guys last year. They only had them together fully for four games last year. They were 4-0. Every other game, one guy was missing half of the game. One guy wasn't 100% right. Like, you needed some insurance to where you'd have less of a drop-off if one of those guys gets injured, even in 2023, right? Not even looking forward to the future in 2024 when the guys have 30-plus million-dollar cap hits. So I think that's part of the reason that it grew for me. And also, I think it just gets a bump from me because it's getting Justin Herbert a weapon, and that's one of the things I had at the very top of my wish list. No, I think you're you're making a great point there at the end with getting Justin Herbert a weapon. I think that is very, very important. And yeah, I I agree with that with that logic because it was very important to get Justin Herbert a young weapon that they could grow together and they can build that chemistry together because the wide receivers you have are clearly talented, but they're not getting any younger. And so you get somebody, you bring them into the building who is clearly talented. And when I was talking about some development, I mean, you turn Quentin Johnson, you take him and you're able to teach him to catch with his hands a little bit more consistently. That unlocks the catch radius, which unlocks the contested catch ability, which would really turn someone who's already dangerous into a completely different animal to have to 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 tackle and just having that talent and mixing that in with the rest of the weapons you can definitely see the application of Quentin Johnston in this offense and also what Kellen Moore is going to be able to create for him as well yeah and that's the other big thing here you got the blessing from Kellen Moore he has a plan already for this dude he was out there advocating for this dude and I think that's what really kind of sold it to me because he had his pick he could have taken someone else and I think for me David it's either Nolan Smith or Zay Flowers is the guys I would have taken. But Zay Flowers doesn't give you the versatility, right? And he's probably only going to be a slot at the next level, more than likely. And then Edge Nolan Smith, I mean, he ends up going super late, the last pick, I believe, of the first round. And, like, that just was, like, of course, you know, because that would have been such a a fun pick for the Chargers and filled a gigantic need. I think those are the guys that if they didn't go – with Quentin Johnson, who's growing me, I'd probably rather have those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's no it's no secret about me. I mean, I've pounded the table for Zay Flowers for yeah, weeks and weeks and weeks on end. So I would have loved to have seen that because, man, his ability to create is also really special. Yeah. And it seemed like, to me, it was one of the best in the class. So, I mean, it was easy for me to see, hey, you get the ball in that guy's hands and just watch him work. And, and that's a little bit exciting. But, hey, you know, they didn't go that route. And, yeah, I also would have been fine with Nolan Smith because, you know, this guy was, was just such a great technician. And, and you could see how you could help your defense right away. So, yeah, I mean, both of those guys are, are the same for me. All right, let's get to the second round pick. Pick 54, Tuli Tulipu, Lotu. What did you grade the pick? I have a pretty high grade on this one. Who would you have potentially thought of instead or if they didn't go with him? Yeah, so I also have a very strong grade on this one. Actually, my highest grade of all of the draft picks uh, is going to be Tuli Tulipu, and it is for a myriad of different reasons. Sure. Number one, the Chargers addressed a obvious need with, I feel like, the best player that was still available to address that yeah, need. I agree. So that's a very important thing for me. And also, you just see what happened last year, and you just can't allow that to happen again. So you get somebody, you aggressively address that need with the best player available left. Um, it's easy to see why it fits. 
And so for that, for those reasons, it's an A grade for me. Mm -hmm. I love it. I feel like the fit is perfect. I feel like if you, you know, had to make me pick about another player that may be available that I could have talked myself into. That was available that you could have taken. Yeah. Right. So Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end, maybe I I, I could have, you know, maybe stomached that decision, but Honestly, I I am pretty happy with Thule. There's honest, just wasn't a lot of fits available around that pick. I'm so glad we did this because I think when I went back and looked at who was available, I liked this pick a lot more. He also got an A from me, a full solid, no minus, no nothing. Solid A. The Chargers had to get an edge rusher. They needed to spend a premium resource on it. I think this is where the edge, you know, potential really dropped off a cliff. I think the guys after Thule in this class had way more question marks and you're getting a 21 year old that had 13 and a half sacks last year. So yeah. the production was a big thing for me. Big time. NFL physically, he's ready for that, right? The last kind of, of his tier of edge rushers in this class. And who would I have taken? No one. There's no one I would have taken. I'm glad they didn't reach for a tight end. I, maybe Darnell Washington had it not been the medicals, right? But like, these are also the players that went right before this, right? Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, maybe even Sam Laporta. Maybe I consider those guys over Thule. Brian Branch, B.J. Ojolari, Keanu Benton, another guy I like. Maybe that's more of a conversation, but with those guys going all right before and the amount of good talent that went off the board, I love this pick. I think it's a good pick. I see it, right? I think it helps you now, especially with Joey Bosa missing 12 games last year. Like, you had a big need. You couldn't keep doing it with one-year Band-Aids. This is a really, you know, important selection for them, an important pick to be right. And I like the player that they got, most importantly, right? Because when you're doing these grades... When you're doing these grades, it, it's value, right? I think this was yeah. good value. I don't think it was great value. I thought, you know, sure. Quentin Johnson was okay value. That's probably right. around where he was. Maybe he should have gone a little later still. You had all yeah. your picks of the wide receivers. That's who you went with. Right. I think this is good value in the second round for this dude. A dude who was originally mocked by Mel Kuyper in the first round to the Chargers when the draft process started and got hurt because yeah. he couldn't really test. I love this pick. One of my favorite picks of the draft. Yeah, my highest grade that I'm giving out today. But we have more grades to get into and more alternative realities where we go with some different players. But today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. And that's so true because a lot of times you're so busy giving and giving and giving, right? But you don't think about yourself and you're not wanting to take the help. And one of the biggest things for me is being able to take help. And that's why I'm such a big advocate for therapy because sometimes you need to unburden for yourself because you're so busy thinking about what everyone else is doing and trying to help out your friends and your family and all that. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. And therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind, truly. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, consider BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Well, David, let's get into rounds three and four here with our draft grades. I'm very interested to see what your draft grade is on Darius Davis because this is one I'm excited. And I'm very excited that tomorrow we're bringing on a TCU expert to talk about not just Darius Davis, but Quentin Johnston and also Max Duggan, who I will proclaim not knowing David's grades is going to be David's (laughs) lowest grade given out today. And David can take that up with the TCU expert tomorrow. 
But, David, I want to talk about one of my favorite picks, and it is round three, pick 85, and it's Dayon Henley, the linebacker from Washington State. A really, really cool story, a really fun personality. Like, it's so hard for me not to bump this dude up just because of how affable he is, right? Like, yeah. how much of a good locker room pr- presence you feel like he's going to be for this team and what he brings there intangibles-wise. And also his special team's ability and kind of where the floor is because he has yeah. other things he can bring to the table. Where did you end up giving him for a grade? Yeah, I mean, I thought this was a dark horse, really, really strong pick. I, I think you, when you look at just the linebacker room, you, you really it starts to materialize and make a lot of sense to you. Kenneth Murray is on the last year of his deal, okay, and they did not pick up his fifth-year option. Eric Kendricks is on a two-year deal, which is more like a one-year deal with a ripcord, which is the you know type of contracts that they they like to uh, you know make. Nick Neiman is more mostly a special teams guy. Your boy, our boy Bong, mostly Every a special teams no. guy. Right, you guys know. Um, every day they, is no. They're not bong. on. The, Amen. On the Bong Bamiga. Just so yes. we're clear for the non-everydayers, yes. but that's why you become everydayers. So you know Bong. Exactly, guys that are just really on special teams. So you don't have anybody that you feel like is going to be your linebacker of the future. Now you insert Dayon Henley, a, a guy that is, you know, of the similar elk of linebacker that the, you know, the Chargers like to bring in, that Tom Telesco likes to bring in. Former safeties, guys that have a lot of experience in coverage. Um and I think just one of the things I love the most about Dayon Henley is he's a very strong tackler. He has a 5% missed tackle rate, which is fantastic. Um I think this is a, a very good pick and it's planning for the future, so I'm giving it a B+. Ooh, we're very close. I went A minus for mine. You have to like the player. I love the player, right? Yeah. I think value wise, this is about where he would go. And I think similarly with the edge rushers, like we've talked about it a little bit before, and everydayers know. Yeah. I had a very, very hard time finding linebackers that I wanted after day two. Like, yeah. and I wasn't sure maybe if it was a big enough need to address on day two, but it felt like if you wanted to get a meaningful player there, this is where you would have to take them. Yeah. And I think I also liked him more than I liked Trenton Simpson when we were talking about him as a potential first-round pick for the Chargers. I yeah. never really saw it for him, from him. I see it with Dayon Henley. The missed tackle rate is like catnip to me, right? If I pass blocking it. is yes. the catnip for running backs, then missed tackles, the lack thereof, is definitely my catnip for linebackers. David, who would you have gone with if the Chargers decided not to go with Dayon Henley? I think there's really only one name that one I'd big probably- name. One big name I would have considered here in the third round, and it's Darnell Washington, the tight end. He was still available at this spot. Um, and I, you know, obviously we didn't know a whole lot about the whole medical concern, but right? Right. For me, that changed everything. Sure. With a guy that was slated to go in the first round before any of this information came out, yeah, maybe late. First and round. just what I watched on film, I like what I saw, and I like yeah. it a lot more in the third round. The guy that just has a gigantic frame, has real brute strength from the top. So you would have position. taken a chance with the medicals. You would. I would. This, yeah. This that, is where you'd be comfortable making that dart throw. Like, hey, at this point, it's too much of a value where I have have to take the chance on it exactly i I just could not pass up on the opportunity to take a player that is at a position of need that was slated to go much higher i think that's when the risk is worth it yeah i'd agree with that i I put keely ringo on mine 61 207 corner from georgia four three six forty time another dude who is i'm pretty sure dame bruger freak is always overall prospect crazy yeah and i think corner is another position where it's like okay I would have totally seen the value in taking a corner in round three, given sure. what the Chargers depth chart looks like. And another round, I think in round three, were some really good players, you know, like Tucker Craft, I would have liked there at tight end. Yeah. He went before them. So, yeah. 
interesting. But now I want to get what your thoughts are on Darius Davis, the Chargers' fourth-round pick, pick 125 wide receiver slash kick return specialist. David, what did you give for a grade here? I'm very interested. Yeah, I think you look at Darius Davis, and I obviously I think a lot of people uh, thought that this was maybe a little bit of a reach, you know, compared to the consensus big right. board. I mean, it was easily the biggest reach for the Chargers by almost a hundred picks. Like that, yes. that's what the difference was compared to where most experts thought he was going to go. Right, which is you know in the sixth and seventh round is where he was really slated at going. But I I know that seems like a reach, but to me the fit is really strong because. The Chargers don't have anyone in the building right now other than Darius Davis that they feel like can go out there and return punts and kicks right now. That's a starting position to me. Yeah, okay? yeah I and get that. They, they've thrown a lot of different people out there. And also the Ryan Ficken aspect of this. Ryan Ficken has been special for the Chargers. He has completely turned around that special teams unit. So you had to know that this is a guy who's coming in playing special teams. He had to have he signed some off kind on it. Sure. Of, yeah. Of some kind of okay on this pick. And also I see what this can do for those gadget plays on offense. Those gadget plays that look good in other offenses. You see that they hit for 15, 20, 30 yards. Darius Davis has the speed to be able to make those plays look like they are supposed to. And that can just really add a different element to your offense. So, I like, obviously, I really like Darius Davis. So I'm going A minus for my draft wow. grade here. This is one we're definitely going to be the furthest on. I, to me, it was somewhere in between a B minus and a C plus. And I know that sounds so subjective because it's like, you know, whether, you know it, those are two close things. It's easily the biggest reach, right? Like, sure. And I, I think it all depends on what you think he's bringing to the table offensively. If he can be that gadget player, if he can be the upgrade on, you know, DeAndre Carter from last year, and he's also a great punt returner, yes. this is an A pick. If you can get that production offensively and on special teams, that's an A pick, right? Yeah. I think it's just 5'8", 165 pounds. Like, I kind of need to see it offensively before I'm willing to kind of sign off on it, right? They talked about it being mostly a special teams position, better punt returner than he was a kick returner, so I think yep. that's going to be important to see as well. True. Um, but... <laughs> With Kellen Moore scheming him touches potentially, right? Like, even if he's an elite punt returner, like, I think if you're getting that with a fourth-round pick, like, that's not a waste of a pick by any means. So, I think it closer to a B minus for me, um, but I, I, I see it. You know, if you think he's sure. going to be that guy offensively, then, yeah, this, is, I think, is a home-run pick for the Chargers. I would have went with Darius Rush, a cornerback who slid in this draft. I don't know exactly why. Maybe there's some medical things. Couldn't find any, you know, legal or off the field red flags with him yeah dame brugler's nine ranked corner ninth ranked corner 63rd overall pick from him and just me wanting to take chances on you know physical freak 6'1 198 438 almost 34 inch arms never flagged for pass interference in college that might be a guy i went with you know to try to strengthen that room just a more valuable position and see if i can get darius davis in the fifth round right so like for me, if yep. that's the way it went, I, you know, that's an ideal world. You have no idea if he's going to get there. But at the same time, I just think for what I think of this Chargers corner room and the issues or concerns I have with it, with the uncertainty yeah. with J.C. Jackson, the long term, you know, of Michael Davis because he's yeah. in the last year of his contract. That's the reason I would have went that direction. But, Dave, we still have three more grades to get into, rounds five through seven. And honestly, some of my favorite picks – until the very end, when we get to Max Duggan. And as excited as I was to hear your Darius Davis grade, I think I'm more excited to hear your Max Duggan grade. 
when we're going to have to face this TCU expert tomorrow, this Horned Frogs expert, Hypnotoad expert tomorrow, and you're going to have to tell him all the bad things you've said about Max Duggan. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. All right, continuing our Chargers draft grades today, but that's just today. Every day is now. We will be right back with you guys tomorrow unless I get sick and have a toothache in the same night where I have to miss a show, unfortunately. But I can promise you we'll be back tomorrow and we have a TCU expert coming on the show because the Chargers drafted three TCU Horned Frogs this year, including two receivers and a quarterback, potentially the long-term backup of the future. We'll talk about the grades on that. But that's not all, David, because the schedule release is coming out on Thursday night, which means this Friday will be our schedule release show. And what are the Chargers going to do? That's what I'm waiting for, man. How can they possibly one-up the best schedule release of all time? Like I just, we have to. Everyone's the show bowing down to the Chargers social media team, and after last year, so everyone wants. There's so to know, much pressure. What is it gonna be this year? Absolutely, I mean, it's gonna be so interesting to see how they one up themselves. They have more pressure than any social media team <laughs> no in the doubt. entire NFL. But the good news is they have freaking great people over there to do it. So Amazing. let's get to these draft grades, David, because I think the Chargers did have some really, you know, a lot of picks I liked later on in the draft. I really ended yep. up liking what they did to round this thing out, especially round five, pick 156. Jordan McFadden, you know, offensive tackle in college, guy who's going to be converting to guard in the NFL. Stop yep. me if I've heard that before. <laughs> I think the biggest thing here, David, is how much you value offensive line depth, how much you think he can make the transition Two guard, right? So give me your grade and tell me why you went that way. Yes, Jordan McFadden. I think when we're looking here in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, I'm looking for depth. And I love the starters on the Chargers offensive line. I didn't really love the depth on the Chargers offensive line. That changed after the Jordan McFadden pick. Yeah, that one was pretty good. No, amazing for sure. And I love the philosophy of drafting an offensive lineman and getting bodies in that room always, especially guys that have some versatility. I love the philosophy, and I think that's the biggest reason why I give this a solid B as my grade. I went B plus, and I think same reasoning. I mean, I love how much resources or how many resources the Chargers are pouring into the offensive line. And I also love the youth movement Yes, the Chargers are putting into their offensive line. So these are, you know, Guys that can be groomed, right, to be starters potentially if they need to be or just yeah. quality backups down the road, right? But yes. the biggest thing here and the reason this isn't an A-plus pick is like you, there is an inherent risk when you're taking a guy who's never played that position at the collegiate level and now he's Absolutely. going to play that at the pro level. Like Jamari yeah. Sauer, we had at least seen it from him. He sure. played guard yes. when he was at Georgia. He played everywhere. Played everywhere. <laughs> Jordan McFadden. <laughs> looks the part and gets a bump up to B plus from B for me. I mean, yeah. you have the little neck collar. You have the proper girth that's always going to get a little bump for me for sure. <laughs> and I think the value is good, right? Dane Brugger yeah. Adam as a fourth round pick. So I think decent value and you're getting a guy that potentially could save you in some of these games down the road. So you never have the Senio Kelamete game, right? The ever, everydayers know. Ever again. Senio Kelamete is one of the single worst performances we've ever seen by a Charger. No offense to him. It was it's, awful. I think he gave 11 it, pressures. It's almost a name I just don't want to hear on the show. It's the, like yeah, he's almost the he who shall not be named on yeah, this show for sure. Yeah. But this is the risk, David. I gave it a B plus. The thing that held it back a little bit for me, are you going to be the next Jamari Sawyer? Are you going right. to be the next Brendan Hymas? Right? Yeah, because that, we've that seen is the, the Chargers. question. Yeah, they hit a home run last year, and we're going to regrade our draft from last year, and I'm really excited about that. We'll probably do that next week. 
the, a lot of A pluses on there, I think. But when you're looking at this, I mean, Brendan Hymas has been MIA. Like they do not want to put that dude on the field. I mean, the yeah, put him on a milk cart. Maybe he has I mean. like a Trey Pipkins like renaissance, right? But I don't see him working out with Duke Manyweather. Just kidding. I don't know. But make it what happen. I would say though is like that is the risk you do when you make a pick like this, right? Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. The Soul Snatcher, Boise State defensive lineman Scott Matlock. And David, I give this pick an A minus. In the sixth round pick, I love this pick. To me, I think this is a true sleeper in this class, a dude that was truly slept on. I think moving to edge rusher in his last season really affected the production that you saw as opposed to when he was rushing more on the interior and he was an yeah. absolute game wrecker an and had yeah. seven sacks in 2021. Yeah, I love this pick. I think it's a Morgan Fox insurance plan. I think it's a potential long-term Morgan Fox replacement, right? Yeah. If it works out. And I just see it. It's so hard for me to see it at times, especially sure. with these day three guys where I'm like, right. this dude's never going to play at the NFL. He's just not yeah. good enough, right? right. I, don't, I don't have the ability to project it well enough, right? Right. I see it with yeah. this dude. I love this pick. I agree completely. I, I think this is another guy also love the philosophy of continuously investing resources into the spine of your football team. The trenches. It is, it's just so important, and I'm just – overjoyed that the chargers are doing it because yeah. they are investing in their own success so i love the scott matlock pick i i agree as with you as also as well that they need to put him on the inside that's where he wreaks the most most havoc i love his mentality uh and i feel like he's gonna fit in and with the you know the uncertainty of that defensive line room and the recovery of injuries it's just a, a very very smart smart pick i give it an a yeah. Oh, wow. You get, oh, so you're tied for your highest grade then, right? Him and yes. Tuli are tied. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Different, obviously, right? Because you're getting this dude in the sixth round. But right. I remember when I was watching the draft, the ESPN guys, who who knows how many guys they say this about. But this is supposed to be one of those guys that was really different as far as where the experts and the consensus had him and yeah. where kind of he was being talked about by the teams. Yeah. Leading up to it, right? I mean, Jonathan Mingo was like a consensus Bailey top 100 pick, right? And that's why I was freaking out when I first saw him. I'm like, oh, this is the guy. And he ends <laughs> up going before the Chargers even go in the second round, right? Yeah. So, like, it's all subjective. I love this pick. I mean, Dane Brugler had this dude as a priority free agent. Like, I can see it. I mean, one yeah. of the things he had knocked against him was backfield production. Seven sacks on the interior in 2021. Yeah, he was misused, clearly. Seems like that was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he was, on the edge. he was playing a 300-pound edge, right? He was a defensive tackle, a three-technique playing, a, you know, five-technique. Just, just not the right spot like, for him. It's just Yeah, like, so it, they're not going to ask him to be a stand-up edge rusher, I don't no. think. But he is kind of a little bit of that tweener where he's not sure. a nose tackle either. And I see... I see how it works. I see how yeah. rotationally he could get in this year. And physically, I think he's ready, you know, to give you some contributions. And I see long-term, this is a dude that, will he be a full-blown starter? So hard to say, right? But, sure. like, can I see it? Sure. Like, I, I see a path to it. And I think if you get that with your sixth-round pick, I think you, you know, run to the bank with it. So, now, round seven, <laughs> pick 239 for the Chargers. Max Duggan, the third horn Frog. The Chargers were feeling, you know what, David, what did you go with on your grade for this one? This was the pick you were most critical about. I know that, you know, you chilled out a little bit on it, you know, from when it first happened and it was more emotional. And that's part of the reason sure. we waited to do these. So we could let these kind of picks sink in a little bit. Yeah. Where'd you end up going with? Yeah. So for Max Duggan here with this pick, I guess you you have to consider like what 
else was going to be available there. And it's a seventh round it's pick. It's sure. all a complete crapshoot. You just don't know. You are literally trying to just find any kind of value, anything that you think is going to bring something substantive to your team. Well, and David, and- how, how would you feel if the Chargers used anything other than a seventh round pick on a quarterback, knowing that Justin Herbert's your quarterback, right? Yeah. Like- if the Chargers spent a fourth round pick on a quarterback this year, we would have lost our marbles. Uh, yeah, I would have blown a gasket. Yeah, there's no way. But yeah, I guess obviously putting that in perspective, obviously I, I don't really like the player. I, I know he he has familiarity and experience with the wide receivers that the Chargers picked. That's all good and well. He could you know potentially turn into your your backup quarterback. I'm giving it a D plus C minus. I mean that that's where I'm at with that's it. Fine. I, I just yeah. You I have need to, to love see the it. player. I, first, I just man. I haven't seen it. You have to love the player to give it a, a, a good grade, right? Like maybe you're holding him to a standard. You're watching a quarterback who's picked in the seventh round, right? And it's yes. very hard to get past that. It's like I said with Scott Mallock. It's hard for me to see it with some of these guys. Like, thing is, I totally get it. I mean, I went C minus two, so I'm yeah. on the same boat as you, brother. I wouldn't. I don't. You know, think that's crazy at all. If you get a cheap four year backup from this pick, that's a great pick. Yeah, If you can get rid of Easton Stick and don't have to pay other guys more than you have to pay Max Duggan as a seventh-round pick, that's a good pick. You don't yeah. want this dude to play anyways. You have Justin Herbert. Another thing is, Kellen Moore made it work with Cooper Rush, right? He yeah. was not a super True. glorified prospect either. So, like, I think, it, you know, being the long-term Easton Stick replacement, backup that has chemistry with two of your new receivers, you have to love the player. I can't give it a good grade unless I really like the player. And there's definitely some very noticeable flaws in his game, right? Yeah. So it's hard to give the full sign off on it. I wouldn't see minus, but it's all, you know, like I said, it's subjective. It's still fun, though. I love doing draft <laughs> grades. Thank you guys for checking out this year's draft grades. Make sure you're back when we do our Chargers 2022 draft regrades, talking about some of the best picks from that draft class. But that is going to do it for today's show. The great news is we're going to be back here with for you guys tomorrow with a TCU expert to talk about the Chargers three horned frogs that they brought in guys we talked about today I'm excited to hear his perspective on it and we'll also be getting into the Chargers schedule release on Friday brace yourself buckle up one of the biggest times of the year for the Chargers somehow right and then well, we can't wait to get into it but to make sure you guys don't miss it subscribe to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel the da- daily you know every day is already know and Give us your draft grades in the YouTube comments if you're watching on there. Make sure you're subscribing and following wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also find the show every day on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, Dave Jorgmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, and the show's page at LockedOnLAC. You can find us at LockedOnChargers on Instagram and also our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow with TCU expert talking about the Chargers three draft picks. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.